Okay, what is the TM all about? Come on, school TM. Is it like school is universal at this point, and so they just trademarked it? Well, and that's not a bad segue into, I guess, probably the first thing we'll talk about, which is the the setting and where we are in, the, in this novel. And again, there there will be spoilers here. I, yeah, they're they're in this this near future kind of world where clearly corporations run everything, and I, yeah, that that doesn't su- surprise me at all that school would be totally privatized, and that given the direction we're going with some natural resources, and of course this is a bigger part of our conversation, is it surprising that the weather or their version of the weather would be trademarked? If Monsanto can trademark seeds and those seeds can go into people land who don't want to be using those seeds, and then suddenly they're under the, they have to pay Monsanto for the use of these same seeds. That that speaks to us going that direction. That is a great connection. I hadn't thought of that. So many things in this story are connected to our present, near future, and are happening. It's like a wave that keeps crashing on the beach. And I don't think it's a good thing. No. I don't get that sense. I don't get that feeling that it's a good thing. Not at all. I mean, water would be another example. It doesn't really come up a whole lot in this novel, but the privatization of potable water is pretty scary that some people would have more access than others. One of the things that we did about seven months ago was put in a water purification unit for drinking water. And in our little house here, we have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight nine, almost nine or 10 filters for the water. Okay. And for drinking water, before we got this little purification unit, we called up the truck to get the galifones, the the big like tanks of water. Water is heavy to carry those things in the house and then lift them up and put them on the little sub tank to distribute the water. It was like an every other day, every third day kind of process. I was fine with that until the pandemic came and we were thinking, what if these guys don't deliver the water? What if they can't? Yeah. Yeah. And who's going to deliver the filters after? (laughs) Yeah. Dig a well. Yeah. We did the same thing. We use, not forget the name of it, Agua Santo. Trying to think of it. We, 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 the same company actually we used in, in China and Beijing. I say, what? Yeah, we should have brought our filters. I don't know. It used to be a US based company. I'm not sure it's Spanish or US owned. We had the same thing installed here. It requires such an act of faith, I think, or trust because I know the water doesn't smell funny. I know it tastes a little different, which I assume is a good thing. I mean, it doesn't taste different. Like it's not full of chemicals or anything, but it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's definitely a little different through the filters. And I hope I'm, that's the right decision versus ordering, like you're saying, like uh, big boxes of water from Coca-Cola is a big company here that supplies most of the water for most people. If you buy purified water, it's probably coming from Coke. Yeah. That's true. Most places in the world, like, like Dasani and all those, they have different names, but they're all Coke, right? Yeah. Yeah, Coca-Cola in Mexico is a disaster. It's a company that's doing really well, but it's a disaster for the people. Oh, just way too much sugar. Uh, Oh, yeah. Obesity is just too much. Right. It's too much. Yeah, too much of a good thing. You can't have uh, candy all day long, just like you can't have all your mindless programming all day long and feel like you're going to... You're going to develop healthily. There's a lot of echoes in this book, to, to go back to the book, of just, of, I think, of Fahrenheit. For- oh, oh, the book? Oh, you mean The Feed by M.T. Anderson? That's the one. <laughs> hey, and, yeah, and oh, by the way, this is Life, Death, Sci-Fi. I'm Eric Bushland. Yep. And this is my co-host, Chris Herzberg. Yeah, yeah. In this story, I'm not sure why... With the lesions and the lack of air, you have to use machines to get the air and the bubbles. It mentions that humans had populated other planets. Why wasn't there just a migration to colonize 
the other planets and leave the dying earth to die on its own. I don't know. Seemed, it, yeah. That was a little inconsistent with me when I read it. But then I thought, okay, humanity is stubborn. And even people with COVID would say in the hospital would deny that COVID exists. And what's wrong with me? Why can't I breathe? And the nurses and doctors are just totally stunned with these people. It's not just one. It's, it's many people who just can't believe that this is happening to them. And maybe that's the same thing with the earth dying. These bubbles are okay. We can live with the lesions. In fact, the lesions are attractive anyway, and it goes on. My mom can't close her mouth anymore. Her teeth are showing all the time. That one, that image stuck with me. Yeah, that was totally gruesome. There's so many things to talk about there, but it's such a visceral devolvement and dehumanizing kind of experience, right? Devolvement, yes. You know, to become less and less human. It had me thinking about my experience in China, especially in Beijing, the 2000, living in there and you were there at the same time. It, we have, as, as humans, we tend to rationalize and explain away things and justify things. The idea that we would have to wear masks to be out while breathing at different times. And of course, it's gotten a lot better and yeah, and so on. And what's the so on and so on phrase in this novel? Yada, yada, but uh, blah, blah, blah. Yada, da-da or ta-da yeah, or da, something da, like da, that. Da, you know, blah, da, da, da. Yeah. yeah, it sound like a Peanuts Christmas episode or something. And wah, wah, wah. But you're like, you, you wear this mask and you get used to it. And so to me, for my parents growing up, in the, they've spent almost all their time in the States. They visited China, but, you know, for because of COVID and wearing a mask and there's like this huge resistance, to the idea of wearing masks. And as somebody who lived in China, I'm just like, yeah, you just put a mask on when you go outside. It's not a big deal. Things become so normalized so quickly and there's nothing normal about needing to wear a mask. It should be alarming. And yet you yeah. see how gradually over time you would get used to a gray sky and then maybe appreciate a blue sky now and again and you oh my god and and we all had that air apocalypse app on our phone so i always knew what the aqi was when we lived in beijing we had that little uh, egg thing that showed the aqi in your home so you knew when you had to turn your air filters up we had six air filters in our house like what one for every room and Two for our bedroom. And because we could afford it too. True. Yeah, the Airpocalypse thing. And Airpocalypse is such a good example because I love that app. And uh, I don't remember who exactly created it, but they had, they had a connection with the Jing A, the brewery there. It's so tongue in cheek. Yes. Skipping to Gamora or something. It was like laughing all the way <laughs> to our own devastation and then skipping to the apocalypse and funny comments. And yet it's so awful when you think about it. Exactly what this uh, story is all about. It's uh, the near future or the present, what we're talking about. On BBC or CNN, they were talking about how these scientists who are developing these air scrubbers for the outside, they have prototypes now, saying that now it's becoming more real that we might have to use something like this. Air scrubbers for what? For the air in the city, for the air outside. What's the matter with trees? One of my favorite co quotes. My father stared at her for a long time. And then he said, yeah, sure. Do you know how inefficient trees are next to an air factory? Oh, God. I missed that quote. Oh, that's so perfect. Yeah. <sighs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, there's so much. And I, I've always been had an affinity for this type of sci-fi. Part of that's part of my, my love for Bradbury is in Fahrenheit 451, where it's you can't grow flowers on flowers. You need some soil. You need something kind of raw and ugly and dirty. You need, you need something real, it's tangible. And uh, you need this, yeah, this real thing. There's this kind of underlying motif of what's real, Violet, the love interest of Titus. Like she wears um, a wool, she's wearing wool clothing when he meets her, non-synthetic kind of material. And the idea of trying to have something that feels not fake, not the synthetic, natural, like from the natural world. There's definitely that kind of thread running throughout this. And the trees are a good example of that. 
Yep. The natural world. It's so easy for us to step away from that. Also, I'm watching this series on TV called Feed, based on a similar technology of this story, but a totally different narrative. So I'm really enjoying the technology, how someone who has the feed in their head sees what the apps and advertisements and all of that swirling around might look like. It's very close to what we do when, I'm talking about we, what would be almost everybody who can afford it. We go to a restaurant, we sit down, we slam our phone on the table, we order, and then whoever is around us might be sitting there too. We pick up our phones and we're looking at our phones. We're scrolling through the feed and we're not talking to each other. That happens way too often than people just sitting down and, and having a, a great conversation. Oh, absolutely. Just to be sitting here chatting with you in front of my laptop and I'll admit I'm tempted to, and I have to catch myself because I just want to change a tab. And I don't know that it's it's not related. Sometimes it's not necessarily related to the conversation. And it's easier in this moment not to do that. But there's so many times where it's just so easy to do that. That's exactly what Adam Grazzly was talking about in Sam Harris's Making Sense, that podcast. Our attention, our focus is being pulled in so many different ways. He talks about the bottom-up and top-down focus. We're struggling between these two forces. Our attention is being pulled apart. Bottom-up is more of a survival kind of attention. And top-down is something that we really want to do. When our phone pings or when we have a little bit of time, we're standing in the line at the grocery store. We can't seem to handle a moment of boredom. So we reach in our pocket and we pull it out and we scroll through the feed. The feed has us. Yeah, I do that. I do that with podcasting. Like even today, I was at the grocery store and I have my podcast on and I'm listening to something as I go through the grocery store. I can hear the Christmas music playing in the background with my feed. I had my boss interrupt me with a WhatsApp message just to make sure because there was another message by email, which I would have read when I got home. But as we're all teaching through Zoom, I got this message. So then I'm listening to this WhatsApp message and then responding. I go back to grocery shopping and it's going the whole time. The clerk at the checkout asked me a question as to whether I want my bonus points to go to what I'm purchasing now or toward a, a later product. And I've got to lean over, click my ear to stop my earbud from playing my little seashell and just to respond to what she's asking. That's oh, what a perfect example. <laughs> and that was my experience with the grocery store. It's terrible. Yeah. Oh, we're feeding on those mega corporations that are spraying advertisements in our ears or in our minds or on our phones, on our laptops. I bought a pair of jeans the other day. I, I bought them online and, and I searched three, four, five different companies to, to get the right pair. Were you, were you in a fight with your wife at the time? Did you make a purchase while you were having an argument? No. Oh, okay. okay. I thought you were pulling a little Titus there. Uh, yeah, you weren't, like, yeah. you weren't like pouting in your up car and frustrated and then decided. No, but it, it, that could happen. But ever since then, I, I get so many Levi's jeans, whatever ads on email and oh any other kind of way they can reach me. Yeah, you really have to log out of everything before making a purchase. I, I what? You've got to log out of everything while making a purchase. Oh, is that is that the trick? Yeah, I'm constantly forgetting. I, I don't even use Facebook. I think it's been like two or three months since I looked at it. And I opened it up the other day and I realized I've been logged in the whole, whatever I've done for the last two months, I'm always trying to set things up so it's not tracking whatever, but I'm sure I don't maintain whatever the latest. Because they're always changing and upgrading um, those tracking procedures too. It's an evolution. Yeah. Yeah. And if, I, you, I, and if you fight that, then you're the weirdo like Violet. I am 
proud to be the weirdo in this situation, but I don't know if I am. I think I'm just a regular guy. I'm just a unit. Sorry for the constant references to Fahrenheit. Violet is the Clarice and Faber kind of character. I thought of her maybe the third reference in the story of the feed. You just can't help it if you've read Fahrenheit. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't read enough about, I didn't do my due diligence with M.T. Anderson, but I clearly he's, I think there's enough there to be a sci-fi aficionado. And uh, I imagine that's something he was thinking about. In the copy of the feed that I read at the end, Mm. um, there is his notes in the end. In fact, he sets it up as a teacher, if I was going, because this is a young adult book, he set it up for a teacher to teach this book. He's got study questions, and then he's got explanations after that. I started to read all of that. I didn't like that part because I wanted to think about all of those things myself. I didn't want it given to me. I wanted to make up the questions. I wanted to find out the background about the riots, about what Violet was talking about in the real world, what's happening in the real world that you don't see, that you fly over, that you fly through to get to your destinations. It's kind of like that, but I wanted to have that. That was my reading experience, not to be given to me. I felt a little bit like a student. Oh, you didn't get that? You didn't get that part? Yeah, I I totally hear what you're saying there. You're being fed things, right? (laughs) At the end, there's clearly an agenda here and some feelings and a tone about concerns about new technology. There is that, and there's also this sort of romance and this kind of, I think what's meant to be in some ways like a coming of age story. When you Yeah, yeah, that's what makes it a young adult kind of story, going through what kind of mistakes you can make as in those kind of relationships, like Titus was such an asshole when she got sick and he couldn't, he couldn't just bear it. If you were that age and your new girlfriend got cancer and she didn't have long to live. A a very similar kind of thing. But this time it was technology. It's an addiction to the technology so strong that we have it injected into us. We're willing to take that risk if it goes bad and then takes over. Yeah, I, I like what you're saying there. Cancer is the perfect analogy, right? They try to explain it in some ways, perhaps something happened or these things happened. And so she had it implanted in her later, right? Or installed later. And therefore her body rejected in some ways. But the idea that it's this, you know, kind of invasive thing that no one really quite understands and can't stop it makes a lot of sense for cancer as a comparison. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of what I'm getting at. There were things about, I never really loved to get in the whole, did you like it or not kind of conversation with a book because I think it's always too judgmental and not as meaningful, but I struggled with this one in parts. So there's a part of me that really just appreciated. I, I don't mean that I, I, you know, have to be, I got it, you know, staying constantly engaged and all that. But I, I really appreciated like the vision of a near future and, and the feed and all that kind of makes sense to me. I find that really believable and disturbing. To jump on that, as this book is built around a near future, those pieces of technology and the social elements of it stung a little bit because they were so close. The have have not part of it, the people who were struggling with this, and then the haves with their up cars that just could fly over it. I guess I will never forget my first visit to Manila. I had a great time. It was a wonderful time. But to drive from the airport to our hotel past the slums in Manila, It was breathtaking. I'll never forget it. And then to go to the mall and pass through the guards armed with submachine guns. Right. The the white privilege that let me through the gate was chilling. And then the taxi on the way to the concert with the little kids the same age that I was teaching 
who were so high and just begging in front of the cars stopped at the stoplight, dancing for something was just so sad. I just, I don't know what to do with that. It, I have that and I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, that's definitely our experience here. We went a good six months before we arrived at night and it was dark and you got in this, uh, there was somebody waiting for you, uh, a driver picked us up and uh, got in this, you know, kind of van in our car, took us to our apartment and we, I arrived at night and I arrived at night and uh, my wife, and then it was like a good six, actually almost eight months later, I think that we picked up some friends from the airport. And it was only then that I saw how bad things were between the airport and where we were. We hadn't taken a trip. I didn't realize how impoverished it was from where we are in the heart of Lima out to the airport there. It was like, it was really um, tough to, oh, tough pill really to swallow. Yeah. I think the, the water we were talking about earlier is a good example of that too. That it's, I mean, that's a small example of just, the, I guess, the the privilege, the separation the bubble for that the has and the have nots let's tie that into the character of titus i didn't like him you didn't like him no how could you he left his girlfriend dying and said i didn't sign up for this i can't do it i don't think that's an unusual thing either i don't like the cancer thing i still think there are a lot of people in this present time that can't handle that they leave it's a bit more tragic than i realized so I could go with that angle. That was a bit more of a tragedy where he had his awakening, the Greek tragedy sense, like this awakening a little too late. And so Creon and Antigone or something, he couldn't, he couldn't do anything about it. It was too late. So that's tragic. And that makes sense to me. And maybe that's it. Maybe it's more tragic. I just didn't feel like leading up to that, that he was likable enough for me to care about him. Yeah. Maybe I wasn't thinking about tragedy when I read, when I was until just now. And maybe that's it. Maybe this is just a tragic story. Tragic story, not just about the characters either. It's about what we're doing to the environment. And is it too late? I think we can give so many examples of what's going on right now that is tragic and what we're not doing about it. And how can we change that? What can we do about it? And then it's the end of the story. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, dear white children, casual as birds, playing among the ruined language, so small beside their large, confusing words, so gay against the greater silences of the dreadful things you did. That's the epigraph. Yeah. Of the dreadful things you did. Yeah. When we were talking about this one, and I threw it out there as an option, I just because it had been something I was exposed to ages ago and just hadn't read. And I, it definitely had me thinking about how dark so much of sci-fi is. And I've always, I guess I've always enjoyed that darkness to some degree because it makes me appreciate the, the beauty, all that, all the more. Yeah, at least we can live in that beauty now. And the science fiction of this, the future could be so crazy is out there but we live in the present yeah if we could just get everybody to stop and smell the roses we could create a, a utopia versus a dystopia and that sci-fi helps people appreciate the present a little more it's kind of tough during a pandemic oh it is it is it is where's our uplifting sci-fi stories i didn't know this one was going to be also so dark I mean, it ends yeah the points of light in the story were the references to and there, it wasn't explained very much but the references to the the colonies on the other planets you could go to the moon for for like a, a weekend holiday then there was what a moon on jupiter and then what's what's on the mars moon? i don't know so it's i don't know i think the moon and mars have to be i, I love yeah, Bradbury's idea of imaginable, mag, like magical kind of invisible beings that live there with these other powers. But mostly it's just like desolate and bleak and 
nothing really grows there. And all we've done is turn the earth into a Mars or a moon. Yeah, you, you darkened those right. points up for me a little bit. <laughs> Sorry. Shaded over yeah, but, those. No, but, but, but I, I mean... Got your big black marker out there. No, 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 no. It's okay because, oh, wow, thing is about to come on. And then I'll feel a whole lot better, you know, once I watch my favorite feed cast show. Mm, yeah. I, yeah. Because you'll forget about that. Yeah. I love that. Oh, wow. Thing. That's so awesome. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. Dark, but brilliant. Yeah. Keeping up with the Kardashians. I was thinking about them earlier just because they finally got themselves in trouble. Like Madonna did when she was sitting in a tub talking about COVID being the great equalizer as she sipped her wine and candlelight. And, and then uh, you got the Kardashians flying off to have all their bubble meetups and trying to look at, look at my relatable hardship. I've got to meet with these people in a bubble in a plane. Their up cars, they take their up cars yeah, to... Exactly. The lesions, we could talk about that a little bit. I thought that might be developed a little bit more, but I, I liked the idea that they became sort of monsters. I think there was something monstrous about lesions. I, I, I thought that was a very visceral example of how grotesque everything's become. I looked at it like the girl who wanted to get the attention and she walked into the party with her whole body covered with lesions as something of beauty. The girl's lesion was beautiful. It was like a necklace, a red choker. And Okay, near future, the corporate bocas or the masks that we wear now have all sorts of things, designs, sayings. During the election, I voted or vote. I saw a guy who was hideous in the pet shop the other day. His mask had on a Joker-style smile painted on his mask. Then there's we have one hanging up in the garage with the Mexican flag on it. That was during Independence Day. So I don't know what we do with our problems to make them beautiful is crazy. Maybe it's a problem we can't solve. So we just have to live with it and make the best of it. Yeah. It's a devolvement thing. It's like a slow degradation or a death by a thousand paper cuts kind of thing. It's just grotesque without realizing it that we all end up with. What are those lesions coming from? I think that was, I don't know, maybe I missed it. I don't think that was really ever that clear, but when you look at the ozone and things happening with the UV light here. You just get so easy to imagine people getting uh, skin cancer so easily. It's, yeah, it's horrible. But, okay, I'm going to shift here a little bit. This is what I thought the feed was going to be all about. When I started reading this story, I didn't know it was going to go so dark. You've said that a couple of times too. One of my favorite quotes is, that's one of the great things about the feed that you can be super smart without ever working. School, TM, what they taught you in school was to shop rather than learn. I, I don't know. Everyone is super smart now. You can look things up automatic, like science and history. If you wanted to know which battles of the Civil War George Washington fought in and shit like that. You could be the DNA ancestral clone of Abraham Lincoln. That was cool. I didn't see that coming, and I went, whoa. Yeah, I, I always think Legend of Zelda, Link, when his name was Link. But, of course, he's one of the biggest idiots of all. I don't know Legend of Zelda. Oh, yeah, Nintendo. It's like the old school. It's a Nintendo. There's a recent one as well, but like the, the old Nintendo had a Legend of Zelda game. I think it was the first game I beat. Maybe that or Super Mario Brothers. I was thinking Legend of Zelda. Link is the main character in that game. But of course, yeah, it's Abraham Lincoln. It just shows how far we've fallen if one of the great leaders, a, a great human in many ways, and yet look what his DNA has produced. Yeah, it could it just on and on. A hybrid dog, like a, a pug doodle or something like that. You could mix and match whatever you want. Yeah, it doesn't say much for uh, nature over nurture, that's for sure. How far we've fallen, the dark science fiction. Is there any light? Is there hope for us somewhere? I didn't feel like this book left us with much hope. No, I thought it got quite dark at the end, especially with the hunting of the laminated whale. Oh, man. Yeah, here, 
because there are no other fish. There are no other birds. Oh, we haven't talked about the the fields of growing flesh. What? They were flying to Violet's house or, or a party or something. And it was so beautiful because the the red kind of bubbly fields of, of meat that uh, were grown now because there are no animals. So they grow fields of meat. Yeah, that's okay because it was really gross. And that night we had hamburger for dinner and I was just like, oh, no, come on. I've always thought it was a little strange when vegetarian food has to be meat. Oh, my gosh. The whole impossible burger. It's more of a texture thing than a meat thing. I think it's a little <laughs> weird, right? Like, I went to a Seder and the host was vegetarian and she served this vegetarian turkey. And the only thing I remember from that was her saying, oh, don't you think it tastes just like turkey? Yeah, that's so weird. In my brain, I was thinking, no. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah, no. And why do you want that to? Right. Yeah, there used to be this Buddhist restaurant near the Confucius Temple. Yes, I've been there. Yeah. All of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think it went out of business eventually. I have a bunch of vegetarian friends who would love to organize some dinner there. And it is a novelty at first, but really it's just weird. Like, just give me a good salad. I don't need vegetarian hot, something that looks and tastes like a hot dog, but it's not a hot dog. Yeah. Hey, what about, I don't know, we got in, I, what do you think of this list of uh, sci-fi elements and devices? That's a good way to end this, Yeah, I think. I actually loved the, the mind chatting part of this, which I think is closer to telepathy than mind chatting, isn't it? Doesn't it seem like that? Communicating with your mind, isn't it? Yeah, so it's telepathy. We think of it as reading someone else's thoughts. And Stephen King, in his book on writing, he asks, you know, what is writing? And his answer is telepathy. Oh. I always thought that was such a cool answer. He's got us an awesome chapter from uh, his book on writing. It's telepathy. I could be you're in your writing place and your writing place might be like my writing place and mine's a basement and I'm sitting here and I'm doing some writing and I'm, I'm writing about a white rabbit who's in a cage and on the back of the white rabbit is the number eight in red. And, uh, and he goes on, he says, and you might be reading this from your own place years from now, and yet you can still picture a white rabbit in a cage and your cage might be a little different from my cage, but it's a cage. And that number eight is going to look like my number eight. And that's telepathy. Yeah. I always thought that was cool. So I like that a lot. Yeah. I guess it's like the mind. I agree with you. I think that was super cool. Are they able to separate some thoughts from what they put out in the feed or is it all out there for somebody to read? I got the sense there was some sort of, I don't know, firewall is the right word, but there was some. Oh, you would have to, it would be like WhatsApp in your head, but you could do a WhatsApp with me and you could do a WhatsApp with your wife and you could do a WhatsApp with Charlie if she had the feed too. I guess if you could turn it all off, it starts to seem less terrible, but as somebody who really struggles with all the attention grabbing things in my world between a kid and some texts and interruptions, maybe I'm just an old school person, but I really appreciate moments in my own head. And I just feel like there's so few of those these days. Yes. Your grocery store description was perfect for this. Because at the same time you're chatting, these advertisements come in and you got a deal over here and why don't you pick up this can of beans here because it's on sale. But yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. I guess the podcast is me adding fuel to the fire. I don't have to listen to a podcast while I'm there. I can just be in my own thoughts. I, mean, I still have the music of the place forced upon me, which even though I have ambient sound blocking earbuds, I couldn't exactly block out the Christmas music. When you were describing this situation, it sounded to me like you kind of liked the background Christmas music. Well, I like Christmas music. I don't really like to listen to Christmas music while I'm listening to a podcast. It's too much. It's overload. So I'm one of those people where if somebody starts talking to me, I usually pause whatever I'm listening to because I can't. Oh, 
yeah. feel uncomfortable trying to listen to somebody while something else is going on. But I don't know that other people always feel that way. I don't think so. Yeah. It says something. Yeah. Grassley was saying, we've got these forces struggling for our attention. And when we're the best at accomplishing something, it's when we focus on a single task. And that is becoming harder and harder to do, focusing on a single task. When I'm working on our Life Death Sci-Fi website, I have so many windows open and I get to a point where then I'll open up my solitaire window and see how fast I can play a game while something's downloading for the website. I can check email. There's so many distractions that are pulling at our attention. There's an emotional cost to that too, because there just isn't enough time for everything. We self-interrupt. We're these animals like a squirrel foraging in a tree. And there are lots of nuts in this tree. But then we look over at this other tree and then there's some nuts over there too. Are there more nuts over there? So are we going to go from this tree that's okay to another tree over there foraging for food? But now those, those pings, those attention-getting advertisements, they're getting better and better. They're weaponized now. Another example is the, what was it called? The Social Dilemma? Is that the Netflix documentary? I haven't seen it. Yeah, I think that's Tristan... I think it's Tristan Harris's based on his work. I want to say all those guys that are interviewed from Google or wherever, they know all of the techniques that are being used and yet they still find themselves doing the same thing. These are the people that kind of created all that. And so even though they're completely conscious of how they're being manipulated, they still do it. Yeah, they still are being manipulated. That's how we know it's getting away from us. That's how we know how slippery this slope is. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely slipping. Even in my own personal life, I just can't handle all the different WhatsApp, chats, Facebook, Instagram, this or that. I have all those things and I have my moments here or there. I guess I don't get the real satisfaction out of it. And I just... I don't know. I can't keep up with that stuff. I don't think you're unusual with that. I think there are many people like that. They've gotten into this and they forgot to turn off their Facebook. And now they're getting all these ads for whatever's going on in Facebook. How do we get a handle on this? Or do we just let the lesions grow and just forget about it? Hmm. Let the lesions grow. That's going to be the title for this one. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 uh, let the lesions grow. Oh man, I just need my tooth extension, my endoscopy yeah. kit. Uh, yeah, which is so close to happening anyway. You've got the colon cancer kits that will arrive at your door. All you have to do is whatever on a, on a whatever, and then send it back, and they'll let you know. That's happening now. We talked about the up car. What bannering me? What a nightmare! The idea that there's some flashing thing at the top of your your feed that when you, I don't know, I guess it's no different than opening up a laptop without ad blocker and getting some banner flashing at the top. Yeah, and what about the the third? Is it the third body solution? Three body, yeah. Three body solution. Remember when the scientist was getting that kind of banner? with a countdown mm. in his mind. Right. A little bit, a little bit like that. Yeah. We talked about occasional clouds and school trademarks, laminated whales. Oh my God. Nike speech tattoo was crazy. That was interesting. What a wild what? idea. Come on. How far off are speech tattoos? If, if somebody could get a speech tattoo, would they get it? I think people would absolutely do that if they were getting paid to do it. In the series feed that I'm watching, this couple, an adult couple, married for her spouse's birthday present. She got a stick-on tattoo that changes her appearance to whatever he wants. Oh, I've thought about yeah, that kind of idea. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, that's wild. Black Mirror has some similar things. 
It's similar to feed because they're recording everything that happens. Okay, I remember that one. They could be in bed with each other experiencing sexual pleasure, but envisioning and, and seeing something from the past at the same moment. I guess that's not so different from that nostalgia feedback that's mentioned not shortly after. The, it says that the hipsters were all into this nostalgia feedback where yeah. they could feel the, the rosy vision of the past in the present and they just got stuck in that moment. I guess that's a form of... Well, if I lived in that world, I think I would get stuck with the nostalgia feedback too. Sure. Isn't that sort of a, a vision of heaven? in some way yeah, that you would arrive in some afterlife where it's just everything that you nostalgically feel like was amazing in your life all there all the time. Not unlike uh, YouTube that can give me a playlist of the songs that were hits when I graduated high school. I can go back. Yeah. How they figure that out is amazing. Your high school friend wants to make contact with you again. Or what, whatever. I don't know if that's real. Those algorithms can figure out where you're from based on your, down to the county, based on your, your search entries that you make. Yeah. That you phrasing. That's wild. They, they have more difficulty with people like us, with expats that have lived around many places compared to people who just never left their zip code. Those people are hammered. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, because I've had it going back home. I've had my mom sometimes you know, wonder why I pronounce things a certain way. Or I've been in my hometown with a buddy of mine. This is I mean, this is ages ago in this kind of dive bar, sports bar downtown, and and I like playing pool. And I remember there was a couple. This is this um, age probably twenty years ago now, and uh, I was like playing pool there, and, and these girls were wondering where we were from. But part of it was our the way we were saying some things, but it wasn't that much. And then the other reason was because we were wearing sweaters. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Because everybody, and then we looked around this place. And this is where we grew up. And we looked around and everybody was wearing a hoodie. Sweatshirt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, every, yeah. Everybody had a sweatshirt with a hood on. And this was having just been abroad for a number of years. So I guess not 20 years ago, but it just, uh, nobody was wearing a sweater in that bar. So yeah, we looked like foreigners. You're not part of the tribe anymore. Yeah, yeah, tribe was an interesting word in this story as well, right? Yeah, in other word, tribe. Yeah, all those tribes. Yeah, I think M.T. Anderson kind of nailed a lot of things, though. Did and and as a young adult novel, that's the audience he needs to uh, to poke. Yeah, I can see a young man maybe reading this or a young woman and. This would resonate in a lot of ways. I could see that. Yeah. I was trying to think of whether echoes other stories and things. And I, uh, like I thought, maybe is there a Romeo and Juliet aspect to this? Maybe. I like the Beauty and the Beast thing a little bit. Oh, I think it's closer to the Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. I don't know. Does he turn back into a prince at the end? I'm not so sure. Yeah. See, okay. She was a beauty, I think. What a shame. It was her father, either they couldn't afford the feed for her when she was just born, or did they decide to let her decide whether she wanted the feed or not? Or maybe, maybe it was both? It was both. And so they decided to wait. He was getting made fun of at work, he realized, because people were talking about him, but he couldn't know that they were talking about him. Which is, oh, yes. But it seemed like he still wouldn't have known even if he had the feed because they could still have chatted with each other. There's a little bit of a plot hole there. It seemed uncharacteristic that he would care that much about it. But anyway, he was human in that sense. And so he made this mistake and he let her... Uh, what, what you do for your kids. And he let her decide. And of course, she was too young to really be able to make an informed choice without any influence. So that's what she wanted. And he also made a decision to get... Um, a version that was like the non-brand. The cheaper version. Uh, and so he was beating himself up for that. Yeah. Just the idea they couldn't disconnect that is really alarming. Yeah. In the biblical sense, maybe it's a little bit of the mark of the beast kind of thing. They've all on that. They've all been stamped with this stamp isn't exactly the right word, but they've all got this mark, this thing that 
that damns them to a terrible fate. And you just took it to a new darker oh, level. I just got, I don't know, how much darker can I, can I make this? Uh, <laughs> We're all going to hell. <laughs> uh, I just need to, I'm going to put on my slam suit. Oh, no. Well, we, we this, uh, I don't know if you ever saw this in Beijing. Did you ever hear about or go to, uh, we went once to Smash. No. In 798, there's that art district. These guys, we actually know one of the, one of the owners, they created this. And that's in 798, for our listeners that don't know, is like an old uh, German Bauhaus style kind of factory. Some artists moved in there. And then over time, this factory, 798, became an art district. It's very commercialized now. There's a lot of art that's being sold there. A lot, a lot of shops, a lot of different artists. What fascinated me, and I took a picture of every single one I could find, was the graffiti art on the walls all over the place. And what just blew me away was that it was in China. Yeah, that was so amazing. This is late, Hu Jintao. People are wondering how things might open up a little more. I think the Xi Jinping government has allowed some things to continue to open up and then not allowed other things. And so, yeah, it was really the commercialism of this that kind of saved it and the point of pride. I think there's more stories. I don't know if I totally understand it, but there were a lot of moments where they were going to just tear down the whole thing because of the politics of it all. And I think it's what's happening in this story. It's not a bad analogy because it's been commercialized so much that it's lost. I'm sure there's still pockets of it, but it's lost the... The parts of, say, 798 that were the most controversial and maybe most. Uh, and, yeah. But that commercialism has allowed it to, to stand. Yeah. Yeah. As well. Right. Because it's trademark. It's art trademark. Yeah. It's, you know, too big. What about Smash? So there's this place. It's not exactly a store, like this little, like this activity center. Like it was a small little, small place, basically two rooms. And uh, in the first room, you walk in and you could choose your protective gear. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And you could use yeah. your bats or your crowbar. I think I had a crowbar. And you could choose your weapon. And they had uh, these shelves of all this old, these old, mostly devices, electronic devices, and some other things, bottle, fake vases. And, and you could choose like an old uh, stereo or whatever. Or, or you could bring your own things in if you had something you wanted to smash. And then you take it into this other room and there was like a little, uh, yeah, yes. this, this other room and you would put things down and with your friends, they'd all go back against the wall and you could just smash and swing like T-ball kind of thing and just smash whatever was in the room. And there were just bottles and stuff everywhere in the room that had been smashed and you're walking on broken glass and you got so much time in this room to just smash stuff awesome yeah and then you get like polaroids of you and everybody else yeah there's some pretty cool photos i don't know if we've got we'll have to post that on the website yeah it's a video too of just smashing up some stuff it's very violent but also cathartic yeah exactly yeah you purge some feelings for sure the same thing in fahrenheit where there's a smash up parks the people are like out to sometimes to hurt others but just to smash things and break things up and there's just this Energy that has to be released. Dark energy. And the drug usage. I thought that in, in mall, you know, that somebody had. Like yeah. a, that was fascinating here, too, that some people, you know, that you could fry your brain almost literally, right? Fry it through the feed. You have a feed in your brain. Supposedly, you could release all sorts of chemicals that are already there, just waiting for the right situation. If you didn't have control of that, if somebody else controlled your feed, there has to be a company that controls the the feed that goes into people. And what happens if somebody else controls the chemicals in your brain? I definitely mentioned that they don't honor her warranty and therefore won't repair it. And so she goes to the different corporations to try to get help with that. And she... She doesn't buy enough. Exactly. She's not a, enough of a consumer to really merit their attention. Yeah. And the irony is that she was messing with the feed in the first place because she was pretending like she was going to buy all this stuff and then not doing it. I, I really like that part because um, poking at something that, that pokes at you all of the time is fair play, but it, it didn't turn out to be so good for her. 
Yeah, and I, I remember listening to some kind, it might have been 60 Minutes or some kind of show where they were talking about how these teenagers were gaming Instagram and they had shared accounts. Say Instagram couldn't figure them out, create an identity for them. They had friends in different cities in the US and they would all use the same Instagram account whenever they opened it up. There was different interests and different things because they would give their friends access in these different places. So it couldn't figure out where they were and who they were. I thought that was pretty fascinating. Yeah, that is. That kind of happens to us when you move around the planet. Right. Or through a VPN. Yeah. Exactly. There's good and bad with that. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's always more things to talk about. I always like to think about the fan fiction. I like the sombrero dot. I thought the the moon's a fun beginning to the story for sure. Uh, yeah, because because who wouldn't like to go to the moon for a holiday? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, thing. Yeah. Right. Sounds like we're winding down. Yeah, I think so. Um, our our feet is getting thin. All right, units need to recharge. I think. Uh, yeah yeah go love your family stay safe I'm so null I need some Meg meal uh, otherwise <laughs> I'm going to become too weasel faced uh, ooh good I think the pie we created was really brag stuff yeah uh, oh I like the brag stuff <laughs>